0: Welcome to Pietro Murano's podcast. My special guest today is Attila Beckvik-Sentermay. Attila, welcome back for the second time now to my podcast. It's great to have you back. Oh, thanks.
1: Glad to be here.
0: Yes, and last time we discussed whether augmented reality and virtual reality could become mainstream. So to our listeners, if you have not listened to that podcast yet, I would encourage you to have a listen. Go to PietroMurano.org and you will find it there. But today, we are discussing whether classroom teaching will use augmented reality in the future, and perhaps even as a main teaching approach. And to informally define augmented reality, it involves superimposing something artificial onto the real world, usually viewed by a person using a headset of some kind. However, it can involve various interactive aspects and use of multiple human senses. For example, augmented reality could allow a person to walk around a foreign city, and the augmented reality system could provide instant translation of road signs into the user's language. And in fact, the contexts where augmented reality could be used are enormous. But thinking about teaching, just imagine the classroom of the future. What would it look like? It may be a room with the students there as usual, but each is wearing a headset and they are learning by means of augmented reality information that is fed through that headset, or fed to other human senses. Or it could be something completely different. Maybe there will not be a classroom. Everything will be done remotely, through the network, thus not requiring a classroom. But could this come about for everyone? Does it enhance learning? So Attila, what do you think? Could it come about for everyone?
1: Well, not in a current form. So, augmented reality has to adapt for the users make. Currently, there are huge challenges related to this technology, namely accessibility, usability, and user experience issues. Now, accessibility is one of the most difficult because it means that users are not able to use the technology. So it doesn't mean that uh, uh, the, the user experience is bad or you know apps could be better. They're not able to use the application. For example, users with visual, cognitive, or motor impairments. Now, developers of the technology often argue with that, okay, but visual impairment. So why would the blind user use augmented reality? As you stated in the intro, this is something visual heavy, and most information in our everyday life is visual. So they would just say, okay, blind persons are a small percentage of the society, so they should use some alternative solutions. But actually, that doesn't have to be like that, especially not with augmented reality, which is aiming to stimulate the senses. And despite the stereotype, augmented reality, doesn't have to be visual or 100% visual. It can, it can be editorial, it could be tactile as well. And, and the reason why, for example, the visual impairment issue is greater than that. In, in Norway, according to statistics, nearly 70% of users are using some sort of visual aid, glasses or contact lenses or, or something to think. Now, with augmented reality, it's, it's very important because as you said also, the main aim with augmented reality is, is a headset. It's, it's, a, it's a wearable glass can superimpose uh, information. Now, most of the research is going to hardware and technology to perfect these lenses so the users can get a wide field of view and get a great quality of image. But the issue is if somebody wearing glasses, those glasses might not fit under the headset uh, lead to discomfort. If somebody wearing glasses or contact lenses, it means that they have a lens over the eye and the augmented reality has set lens and maybe an optional display displaying the digital information. And that can lead to distortions, that can lead to uh, serious uh, usability issues, simulator sickness. So actually this is a, is a, a huge challenge. So as, as mentioned, 70% of users in Norway or 70% of the population in Norway have uh, using some source of visual aid. So it means all of these users are, are starting the handicap or can't even start using augmented reality. So we're talking about a huge amount of users and not to mention people with cognitive or motor impairment and living in a digital society when everybody has or has to have the right to access digital content. So it, it, it needs a different approach. Now, augmented reality's usability and user experience, uh, experience issues are widely known it's, it's uh, constantly stated and, and somewhat is also also contradictive because users who are trying augmented reality first time, they're very pleased because augmented reality provides visual information, three-dimensional things so that It's very different for a regular application and it provides a different a, a, a experience. And I also, exper- also experienced uh, during user testing that uh, users are overwhelmed and they see the future and they rating the application and the experience high. Even users who experience some drawbacks, for example, simulation sickness, or they getting nauseous, they giving full stars and full points for this technology. How are they not coming back? Because uh, uh, augmented reality is very easily love at first sight from the user's perspective, but a le- lack of content offerings and the experience in second time, third time is It's not that new, not that revolutionary. So the technology has to provide something more for its users. It has to provide uh, usability, accessibility, and content, content which draws the users back to use it again and again. So the technology in a current form cannot reach the masses and cannot, cannot provide all of this, or they have to have a different approach, a different design approach from the ground up. And that's what uh, we also worked it. And for your second question, because that was a very, very long uh, uh, speech here, does it enhance learning? It does in certain level. It's already used in classrooms, but also used mainly as a visualization tool. But augmented reality provides uh, more than just that. So, therefore, you know, we who research this, we're proposing for a paradigm shift. And our paradigm shift is based on to conserve the pros, the advantages of the technology, and mitigate all existing flows and barriers to to reach more users and reach the masses. So it can be used by a broad audiences.
0: Yes, and certainly I think you're right about the huge challenges regarding the use of this, because when we were synthesizing a lot of the material for this podcast, it was clear that this was the case. And certainly from personal experience, when I've tried to use a headset, with glasses on, it was certainly a lot more difficult.
1: You know, we are universal design experts to provide options. So obviously, we have to make the technology also useful without wearing a headset. And if we're not using the headset, then we can use it as a as a smartphone application, and then we can mitigate this issue. However, the challenge here is to not compromise the immersion, not compromise the the user interaction, because. Obviously, if if you take a look around, and everywhere is, digit, is more immersive, so we have to reach uh, the level of user experience by not using the headset. So that's also one of the one of the challenges to to provide alternate options. Ideally, equal. If if we cannot provide the exact same things, then try to provide equal or up to the up to the standard.
0: Yes, absolutely. And this is partly what you did for your master project with me at Oslo uh, Met, and you were also as you've just said, looking at this from a universal design point of view. And just for our listeners, universal design is very simply the making of systems, products or environments that are usable by everyone with as little modification as possible. And in our context, we're talking about universally designed software systems for augmented reality. So Attila, you did a number of experiments for this work. Take us through these experiments that you designed, and explain to us more specifically what you were testing.
1: Okay, so well, uh, for the experiments, first we had to create the materials to do experiments and do user testing, and that was uh, a bit challenging, because we're talking about universally designed augmented reality, what did not existed before or not documented before. So what we had to do, we have to justify universal design. So what we did we evaluated a tremendous amount of applications, uh, identified user barriers and obstacles, and we addressed this and we developed uh, solutions which are reflect for the original concepts, however, for border audiences. And the greatest challenge in, in this development was, again, I can just repeat myself, to conserve all of the takeaways, the features, the positives of augmented reality, and deliver the technology for broad audiences, audiences with special needs as well. So after we had the material, after we had three different prototypes representing three pedagogical approach. The first one, that was biology. In our application, the users can learn about the marine toad. And that's a toad. And the application provides a a three-dimensional projection of the toad itself, uh, provide a a video when an expert talking about the toad, where they're living, what they eat, uh, what they do. And also we provided a tangible object. So users have, it's very hard to explain, users can hold a physical object, a small cube, and we project a three-dimensional representation a told in they have. So they can immersively check the told, every body parts, and, and the users were able to learn it. So our first pedagogical team was we developed that was uh, biology. The second team was anatomy. So anatomy is widely used in, in augmented reality to see certain body parts, however, we detected u- usability issues uh, uh with that because because uh, labels of certain body parts and graphical representations might use difficulties to p- for people who have low color vision uh, deficiency or color blind or or using glasses. So we have to emphasize and we have to have to find certain graphical ways to to separate the, the three-dimensional elements. So our, our second prototype was focusing on on uh, on a tangible object three-dimensional projection of uh, anatomy. And the third one was a totally different approach. The third one, uh, a pedagogical topic was uh, architecture history about the Encore uh, Temple. And that was uh, meant to simulate an augmented reality book or or a physical paper book when users have images, a two-dimensional image in a paper form and text. However, we use augmented reality features to make the image on the book three-dimensional. So users can have A better overview, a better spatial imagination and representation uh, of the temple itself, and also we added features because augmented reality is meant to stimulate the senses. So we use computer vision to recognize the physical text, and we converted this physical uh, physical text to synthetic uh, synthetic audio, similarly how screen readers working. In this case, we could achieve that a blind person can start and stop by touching the physical a uh, piece of paper to, to start the uh, audio. So the application reading up uh, audio uh, of the text without the need of any edit hardware or anything. It works in application. And also users will ask you okay, about how is that can benefit people who can see or not have visual impairment. Now easily you can turn a, a physical object to an audio book. So if you have the book or you have a piece of book you use the application, you automatically works. You just starting the application, you're targeting on the, on the piece of paper, and it starts reading up the text. So you can go to the kitchen, uh, do kitchen stuff, or you can go to the bathroom, do bathroom stuff, and the application reading up for you uh, the text. So actually, that was very welcome with users also without implements. And also how the design we made, we were very careful to not stigmatize users. So. Uh, it didn't happen that uh, a blind user said, okay, but uh, what is this? So this is uh, a second post that I can use this application. And even vision users, they now ask that, is this something for people who can't see or have impairment? So uh, we were very careful to neglect that. So these were the materials we worked with and two experiments were designed. Now, first of all, after we mitigated most usability and accessibility issues we identified related to augmented reality, we have to be sure that it does work. And reading uh, previous research, we often often find that uh, somehow it's overlooked, especially in educational augmented reality. Asking users about the experience and they asking the opinion: Do you think you learn more by using this new technology or emerging technology? And the answer, most likely over ninety percent in several papers, is yes. I believe I did. But we wanted to be sure. And obviously, in school, we have a system for that. We have grading systems. We have F to A, A to F, we have one to six. So that's how it is. We taking an education, and then we get evaluated after our performance. So we we design experiments for that. So first experiment was to compare our augmented reality solutions to traditional learning materials and see that is it true that augmented reality performing better? Uh, are users who are using augmented reality can they achieve uh, better better scores? Or not or is it the true like augmented reality dominating over everything or it has still his hindrances and, and drawbacks and experiment two that have a different approach experiment two we focus on our augmented reality applications and prototypes however we had a very very diverse user base and we have users with impairments we have users with cognitive impairments visual impairments we have two blind users so, and we conducted experiments related to, to that. What we did here, that all users are used augmented reality applications we previously developed, and we grouped them in accordance to age. So we had certain age groups, 18 to 20, 25, and so on and so on. And we saw that the age group's performance, and we saw how the performance of them related to each other. We also had groups related to digital literacy. So users who had below average digital literacy, they claimed They're not so good in using smartphones. They're not so uh, uh, good to use uh, computers. They're not familiar with technology. They've been grouped together. Users who claim themselves as average users, they've been also grouped together and expert users over there. And we saw how their performance differ. And also, were people below average digital literacy able to use the application and how their performance compared to the others? We also have impairment group, three group. People with no impairments, minor and severe impairments, and we also also had over overview over previous ex- experience with immersive technologies, as augmented reality and virtual reality. And last but not least, we also did experiments related to learning ability. We have users who self-claim that they are below average learners, so they have learning difficulties and they're not too good at school. We have users that claim they average learners with average learning ability, and we had a user group as well. They say they fast learners, so they supposedly be good in school, and we compared these uh, results compared to each other, and then we had uh, conclusions, then we had discoveries, and we had mind-blowing results related to that.
0: Yes, definitely. And it was quite unique when we compare this to other research that was done that you actually try to measure learning in a much more systematic way and that you actually try to use users from different types of groups. So that was unique. But how did Universal Design and Usability feature here? Give us a bit more detail on that. It
1: featured and and it performed like uh, incredibly well. So, I even get surprised. So, uh, universal design showed huge potential uh, to identify uh, issues in existing applications. Now, uh, someone would say, why would you uh, analyze applications? Why would you evaluate applications uh, using universal design and its principles to not meant to be universally designed, well, easily to identify uh, flows? and to to figure it out, what could do better, what can cause problems for users, what can create user barriers. And also, it's very important to state the uniqueness of universal design, because universal design is not just a usability testing tool or accessibility testing tool, universal design addressing usability, accessibility, and user diversity. And also, universal design, i we talking about universal design of ICT, in our context, but its universal design of products and universal design of environments also exist, and they're using the same principles. It means that universal design and its guidelines are not limited to traditional two-dimensional interfaces. So some heuristic evaluations and some evaluation methods they 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 focusing and they uh, they have a, a foundation. To, to have applications, two-dimensional applications are viewed through a screen or a digital screen. A universal design is not limited to that. So we find it very useful first to use it as an evaluation tool. Then those results are helped us and guide our development. So universal design as a development tool also performed uh, tremendously good. And I don't want to spoil the results yet, but uh, we end up to create a product where an 87 years old lady who get blind during the age and could not use uh, one hand because had Roma, was able to use this application. And she self-claimed not happy for computers, self-claimed he, he she doesn't even have a, a, a smartphone, not using assistive technology, so rely on, on a husband and, and a husband have and was able to produce measurable measurable test results using a hologram of a frog. So that's, uh, that's uh, kind of surprising and, and very satisfying. And also, her results in, in one test, she achieved 50%. In another test, she was over 40%. So, actually, according to the Norwegian grading system, both would be passed uh, in, a, in, a, in a school environment. So, that's, that's something, something very, very great to expect. Experiments and also what was very very important when I'm talking about an 87 years old lady uh, using augmented reality that the products were not compromised. So that's that's very often it's a fear, especially people who focusing on users with special needs, that it can't be universally designed because if you focus on the users with special needs, then users who don't have those special needs are feel like okay, this is you know I'm not get the, the the visual thing. This is not something cool. This is compromised. And it's the same with uh, with optimizing for digital literacy levels. So very often, people optimizing for the average users, but then power users and below average users are overlooked. Now, very often in universal design, focusing on the below average users. So say that at the bare bare minimum interaction, the the bare minimum below average users, we should design. But if we do that, then average users. And over-average users will feel like, okay, this is a dual system, just imagine you're Dr. Pietro, and they send you back to the elementary school, first grade, you will manage probably very well over there, but you feel like this is really compromised and, and not feel good there. So... Our, our main goal was to satisfy everyone and, uh, once again, to conserve the pros, the the selling points, the greatness of argumented reality, while we make it available for broader audiences. And and that's what we did.
0: Yes, and these are very important results that you got there with this work. And it's very useful as well that you had somebody that was 87 years old, as you mentioned and uh, got some very interesting results and very useful ones. So, just to expand on that a little bit, what other results did you get from your experiments? Because you had several very interesting results.
1: Yeah, so, briefly, an experiment one when we compared traditional learning materials to our argumented prototypes. There was, uh, uh, yeah, we <laughs> during during the experiment, I figured that we have to do some changes and adjustments because. Uh, as it mentioned before, argumented reality outperformed traditional learning materials in several research papers. However, these papers often not provided the learning material or they not uh, made differences between the the type of knowledge. So what I figured when we had biology, we have uh, culture history, we had anatomy, uh, that we have different type of knowledge. We have fact-based knowledge. Now just uh, uh, hanging with the first concept with the marine toad. So uh, we have a toad. So the toad has a size, the toad has different names, marine toad, but it has another name. It's living in a certain area, it's eating certain things. So that's some fact-based or, or lexical knowledge-related information over there, as well as during uh, through argumented reality, we have the 3D representation of the model. So we have a much um, more rich uh, visual representation, we expected that uh, uh, it provides more visual information for the users, as well as the body parts, and the name of the body parts are visualized in 3D and users can freely expect that. So this is different type of knowledge. So what we did uh, designing the experiment that we had a total score and we have some sub scores. And for example, uh, we have a, a score for fact-based knowledge and visual and spatial knowledge. So we saw also how those two different types of knowledge correlate with each other compared to traditional learning materials and we had the total scores, and then we get surprised. So the first surprise, all right, there was no significant difference between pack based information recall. So it means that, with a previous example, what the frog eats, where do it live, what is its size, uh, and things like that. With the paper-based solution, that was as well as in the argumented material, uh, and also we had culture history, so uh, uh, historical numbers, when the Wat temple was built, how big it is. So this type of knowledge does not show any significant difference. So that was the same good argument of reality uh, and, and then a paper-based solution. However, visual and spatial information recall related to biology, related to... To anatomy and related to culture history showed high significance. So users who use augmented reality, they could uh, they scored higher, significantly higher than those who use paper-based solution. And here's the twist, but also possibly point out some flaws in the research being previously done and not separated or not focused or not identifying different type of knowledge recall that total scores are showed. Uh, that uh, augmented reality uh, is better or outperforming these things, but if you see the subsections, it's so that mostly is visual and and spatial knowledge. So that was uh, that was very interesting uh, to see, and in 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 some in some cases, uh, uh, yeah, and the, this uh, this difference is significant, and some cases is not. However, uh, looking at total scores, augmented reality performs better. Uh, and uh, what we also find out that users find argumented reality more engaging. And, and uh, again, uh, in research, we're talking about significant difference and we're talking about like uh, little differences here and there, but that was that was tremendous. So over 97, 98% of the users are said that augmented reality is more engaging. So there was no surprise there, and that was somewhat expected, because previous research also showed that users rate augmented reality high. However, remember, these were universally designed augmented reality uh, applications. And if you put the two applications, the sample is what we use from the store, it's already available for the general public, and our prototypes, you would not tell that it's hanging behind graphics. Actually, because of the tweaks, for the visually impaired, uh, for the tweaks, with the playing, with the foreground, background, with the, with the representation of information. Yeah, I'm biased now, but it looks as good, or I believe, even better than those who are not accessible for the users. And remember, we had blind users who could also use the application. So uh, this was a big victory here that... that Users find air more engaging and they not thought about it, that it could be used by blind users or, or anything like that. They just thought this is something good uh, and it's, it's cool. Now, another interesting thing over here was also uh, thinking about, about previous research was interesting that our users' self-evaluation not always correlate with their performance. As I mentioned before, there were multiple papers, uh, tested users, tremendous among thousands of users, hundreds of users who tried augmented reality and then they have to self evaluate themselves and they have to answer questions. Do you think you learn more or you're willing really to perform as better with augmented reality? And they responded, yes. Now in our research, we asked users about that. That do you believe you perform? How, how do you self rate yourself, self evaluate yourself? Uh, but we had the test scores as well. So when we compared the self evaluation with the test scores, then we figured it out that uh, natural correlation. Most augmented reality users, they say, I think I perform very well. The tests were fairly easy. I could answer all questions. I'm quite confident I'm getting <laughs> uh, good uh, good answers and good grades. However, when we saw the results, then we saw that that's not really differentiate so much. So the self-evaluation wasn't correct now. It can have many reasons. It's it's also noted and recorded in multiple research that our users have more motivation and engagement because they have a first-hand uh, experience uh, with, the, with the thing, so that, that could, you know, give the illusion that they perform good or perform well. But that was, that was very interesting and also pointing out that further research should have more focus on that because the user's personal opinion and self evaluation about the performance and the performance related to, to learning and test scores do not correlate or not always correlate with the real performance. Uh, during the test, so this has to have uh, more attention on the future. Now, in experiment two, we had a different approach, as been as been stated before. Use augmented reality uh, applications with diverse user base as diverse as it could be. Now, the the good takeaway over the all implement group could produce test results. And that's great. It, it means truly, from the from the youngsters, from the pensioners, for the blind, for the uh, vision, for the for a dyslexic person, everybody could uh, produce test results. And there was a significant difference regarding age. That's somewhat expected. That the oldest age group, the sixty plus age group, performed the worst according according to our test. However, interestingly, the thirty five to forty four age group performed the best. So, but. Uh, uh, and the difference between the performance of the user groups were were significant. But however, there was no significant difference regarding digital literacy. And that seems like a, a, a big uh, victory for universal design as well. So imagine a person who say, I'm below average user. I don't like smartphones. I don't like technology. I'm a digital guy, especially the older generation who were represented in this research. There was no difference regarding to digital literacy between the users, uh, but obviously we made the application as intuitive as possible. We used symbols, we used affordances, and we automatize in a high level of the application, so they don't have to have previous knowledge. and And, and the next uh, surprising result was there was no significant difference regarding uh, uh, users who had previous. Uh, experience with immersive technology. So we also, when we the added users, we asked them: Do you ever tried augmented or virtual reality before? Do you do you have a concept? Do you have something, a mental model in your head? Can you recall what is augmented reality? What virtual reality is? Now, most of the users we recruited did not have, but few had experience, experience with this. However, the test results, uh, what they what they provided in the end, did not show significant difference. So. I hope, we, obviously, we need to have investigate this more and include more and more users to this test. However, this is a clear victory of usability and accessibility when below average users who are not even familiar with smartphone use, not hanging behind those who actually experts or hanging behind those who are using smart devices and ITC devices r- regularly. And one of the most interesting catch uh, to the end, there was no significant difference regarding self-claimed learning ability between users. Now this is something I have to check multiple times that the numbers are, are correct. Uh, because uh, I was somewhat, uh, it was somewhat not expected. It was more interesting that average users perform the best. It means average users perform the best according to main scores. So that was somewhat not expected. Fast and slow learners perform similarly. Now, I also searching for a similar similar research before that was notified in in elementary school classrooms that they use augmented reality and below average students or even classified as bad students in a paper they significantly perform better uh, compared to they they study performance using traditional methods. However, good students and over ev- over average students not perform well or different at all. Actually, in some cases, performed. Uh, uh, a bit worse. So that's that's also interesting. That that uh, why why is that? Why is that students who are hanging behind, students who usually not perform well, students who or uh, participants who not declare themselves as fast learners or average lear- uh, learners, are per- are perform better. Now there are multiple hypotheses we can we can develop here. Maybe the universal design approach, the multimodal information presentation, can wash away the differences between. Uh, 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 the, the user diversity. It means that people with cognitive improvements, for example, dyslexia, if users are not forced or restricted to read textural information, but they can get it uh, from audio, they can get it from video, they can get it from uh, uh, immersive three-dimensional animations, then obviously they're not handicapped, obviously they can get the knowledge and they can perform the test better. So this can be one of the indications. Now also, it can have that the new interaction style, wearing a headset or using a smartphone is not stigmatizing the user. So for example, if a below average user who's self-claiming, I'm not so good in school, I don't really enjoy reading, I'm not reading often, uh, they not get this, this bad taste or, or bad memories from the past that you have to learn something now uh, and you're going to be tested afterwards. So it's more like a game, it's more like a new experiment. And if you have a better mindset, engagement and motivation, perhaps that can have positive impact on the task course. Now, obviously those students who not experience anything like this, and then they claim um, I'm over average or I'm a fast learner, that this, this positive effect is not that apparent because they now have a negative effect they have to overcome. Or the simple answer is the users maybe were too humble. So those who said we are below average, they were actually average or over average. Or maybe users were dishonest. So they claimed in a recruitment process that I'm a fast learner, I'm better, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Maybe they wasn't that good after all. So this needs a bit more investigation. How it's interesting that another paper is claiming this effect that users uh, related to learning efficiency who hanging behind, they perform better compared to another user's uh, who not? So that was that was it. But obviously, there are more more to talk about, but uh, we could sit here forever.
0: Of course, it's a, a very exciting subject. But you have some really useful, really novel, and some extremely exciting results overall. But we're also talking here about the possibility of the future classroom. Do you believe, from your results, that augmented reality will take over as a major teaching aid in the future, either within the classroom or perhaps? using some other teaching model?
1: Uh, well, the answer is yes and no. So if, if uh, yeah, it's again, it's a biased opinion, it's a personal opinion. If from tomorrow. Everybody using a universal design approach and creating these things, then it could be used by many. And if it's successfully used by many and tested through years, then yes, in a near future, augmented reality can even be the main, I can't see why it can't be the, the, the main teaching aid also. Uh, Argumented reality can have also physical parts, so our prototypes have physical parts. So uh, it's it's not that we always have to use the digital information. So we can use the digital information as a main representation, we can use the digital information as addition, and we can use the digital overlay as enhancement, the paper-based solution. So I can't see uh, why that would not happen. However, reality is not like that so once again accessibility related to augmented reality is really really overlooked so that's 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 uh, the focus is not on that now usability and user experience that's in a center and that's that's a challenge that's an issue uh, developers and researchers try to address in the last 50 years of the technology exist and uh, yeah there uh, in recent years there were attempts more and more Usability guidelines are are, are published or discussing and proposing for for more work and more focus on a user-centered design. However, that could uh, that could take take time. However, I'm also a bit pessimistic if you say like like in the future because each time that a new media format appeared and was available for the masses, it's 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 been it's been expected a, a revolution and a revolution of of uh, traditional teaching methods. So first, when the radio appeared. That was like, wow, it's auditory information. We don't have to walk hundreds of hours to school and, and back. We don't have to pay crazy much amount of uh, money for education so we can be home and the best researchers, the best lecturers, the best teachers can teach us. Well, we figured out through the years that radio is not really end up like that. Then it comes TV, audiovisual information that is expected that... It's going to revolutionize education. Then recently, the internet and the smartphone revolution, and it did. It has a huge impact. Now, obviously, our first search, even your researcher, your bachelor, or you're in a elementary school, it's it leads to Wikipedia. However, just looking at current smartphones and tablets, uh, we pretty much having now Zoom meeting because of COVID-19, so we saw a teacher and a camera uh, talking to us. That's pretty much like what it happened 50 years ago, 60 years ago, we we're looking at a teacher who's talking and, and sharing uh, some information. It's also we reading. Now, 50, 60 years ago, we went to a library, we read books, and we gathered information from celluloid papers. Uh, now we have access on the iPad, but again, we read pretty much the same layout in the same way, but not from a celluloid paper, but from a digital screen. Now, can we call it as a revolution, or it's more like a natural evolution? And again, it's a personal opinion, but I believe this is evolution. So this can be the technology and a potential, even in in current smart technology, handheld and tablet technology had much more to offer. And again, some applications do that. Some educational applications provide more, but they not broadly used, and they, they not everywhere as a main teaching or aiding tool. And that's why I'm a bit skeptical that in the near future or in the future, augmented reality can take over. And as radio, TV, internet, the, and smartphones are, became the source of spam, advertisement, and such a thing to, to, to generate money, augmented reality, unfortunately or fortunately for those who could generate revenue, it's a perfect platform over there. So everywhere the users see in the environment can be spammed with digital commercial. So I'm a and i also looking forward to the future and fear the future, how this technology will establish itself. But, yeah, hoping the best
0: for it. I think I agree with you. This is a yes, no answer really to the question. And, of course, we don't know exactly when it will happen, if it does happen. So we will need to wait and see for that. So, Attila, I'd like to thank you very much for coming to the podcast once again. It was really great having you as a guest. Oh, thank you. Yeah.